Hey, it's Karen Hunter from the Karen Hunter Show on Sirius XM Urban View. Here's a highlight from today's show. And let me welcome our sister from across the pond. She is an activist. I'm going to put that out first. Uh, She also runs them streets. Like literally, I've seen you jogging in Central Park and other places because you are about your health as well. The author of This Is Why I Resist, the founder and editor-in-chief of the Women in Leadership publication and the co-chair of Africa Committee. Uh, She's also a lawyer. She's a barrister from across the pond. Dr. Shola Mos Shogbamimu. Hello. Hello, hello, hello. Thank you so much Greetings. for having me. Great to be back. Great to be back. Good to see you. Yeah, talk- I'm, a, I'm a solicitor, not solicitor. a barrister, because oh. we make a difference in, in the UK. In mm. the United States, you're an attorney, which means you can represent a court and you can do out cycle. But over here, it, you know, it's kind of um, differentiated. So, so what's just- the difference? What the barrister argues cases in, in a court? Correct. So the barrister gets to say, Objection, my lord. <laughs> and they wear the wigs. They wear the wigs and stuff. Exactly. Okay. Yes. Yes. Is the first point of call for any client, for anybody needing, you know, legal advice, legal support. And it's the solicitor and then instructs a barrister if it's to go to litigation. I didn't know wow. that. Okay. And you can also practice law in America. Yeah, I'm in New York as well. Yes. Come on through. All right. So we got had to get that out of the way. Uh, we were talking off mic during a break. You had a lot of things to say about Angel uh, Angel Reese, and um, we were talking also about this Uganda law that I'm going to get into with uh, Kevin Powell later. I was thinking about you know this thing that evangelicals don't see in the Bible, or don't you know this is a black. I think this is a black thing where you say uh, hate the sin, not the sinner. You know, like, and I'm struggling with that. Because the sin is so smeared, the sin of racism, the sin of inhumanity is so much a part of the person. It's hard for me to separate them. H- how do we do that? Hmm. Okay, can I be real here? Okay. Yes, please. I'm with my brother and sister and everybody else listening. Look, the reality is that we don't have a choice. Hmm. Think about the the shoulders, the people on whose shoulders we stand on, they had to navigate the reality of the sin of racism. I mean, using your words, um, you know, that act of racism and then the people that they have to live with who perpetuate the racism against them. Also bearing in mind that not all white people are racist. It's almost as though we learn from generation to generation, from year to year, because remember it's the same BS but on a different day. So the racism is the same thing. It it kind of evolves in such a way that um, they make it more palatable for people to go, oh, but that's not so bad. Yeah, but it's still racist. And it gets to such a point, like what happened with um, Angel Reese, as an example, where someone can go on Twitter and call her a classless S-H-I-T. You and I know that that person is being racist. Mm. They don't need to use the N-word. They don't need to say anything else. We know that they're being racist. In fact, it's almost like they're desperate to use the N-word, but they don't want to do that. How do we navigate these these spaces? It is by the grace of God. Let me not lie, because Mm. it is hard. I know for a fact that I would love life to be, I I think life would be so much easier if we did not have to deal with all of these obstacles. Racism is one of them. Think about it. Racism is one of them. It would be great. 
not to have to deal with that nonsense, with that discrimination, or as women, not to have to deal with misogynoir because we live in a patriarchal society. But then That's we right. have to learn to navigate this thing. So it then comes down, I think, boils down to a personal choice and a personal decision. I think that there's some things, I mean, I, I'm much older now, okay? And I know I don't look it, but we do try. <laughs> but I'm in my 40s. I'll be honest, I could not give a rat's ass. Can I just, be, can, let, me, let, me, let me just put my yes. hand up. Yes. I, I may not have said this in my 20s because I did not have the language. Mm. In my 30s, I was still navigating, trying to find myself, give voice to my voice. In my 40s, I, <laughs> I'm like, they're not giving birth to the person Who's going to come and stand between me and what I want to achieve? You see, there's, there's an evolution of person. And I think each of us has to get to a point where you go, no, I'm not going to put up with that anymore. No, no, it's a no. I'm sorry. I'm going to call it what it is. But I also recognize that we have to pick our battles for our mental health, for That's our right. self-care. I mean, how many of these racist battles are we going to fight? I, look, you and I know that there's some, some things that happen in our workplace on our high streets, on the bus, on the train. Sometimes we just keep quiet and close our eyes. Mm. It's not like we're not upset, but we pick our battles. Sure, I have a question for you. I've been to the UK, as I said many times, and for Black folks in America, whether they're Black American or of Caribbean or they descend or they were born and raised in Africa, but they came to the States at a certain point, can you talk about what do you feel is similar between the UK and what's different for Black people? Mm. Now, that's an interesting question because my first thought on that is I don't see a great difference. Hmm. I, I think that um, uh, because, I, look, I am, I am British born, born here in London. I still get told to go back where I came from. Now, yeah. for African-Americans, and I'm not talking about um, African-Americans that may have come from, you know, other places. I'm talking about African-Americans that are born and bred in the States, right? Nobody particularly says, go back where you came from. I mean, they don't necessarily use those words. Well, you. they actually oh, no, say no, no, go no. back to Africa. Yeah, they, they, do. They, they, they get specific. Yeah, they, they do tell us to They're go back real to specific. Africa. Go back to Africa. <laughs> go back to Africa. Right. But that is why I'm saying that there is no real difference. Mm. And people like to make this whole conundrum of, ooh, racism is worse in the States than it is in the United Kingdom. Utter rubbish. Let the Nigerian and me come through. Utter nonsense. <laughs> right. Speaking English. Come on through. The reality, yeah. the reality is that the racism um, being practiced in the States, I'm sorry, where did it start from? Who, who brought that racism to the land of America? I'm sorry, the, the British, the French. The Spanish, it wasn't there. It wasn't there with the Native Americans. I mean, clearly it was there between the Europeans and the Native Americans because they came in and they did all the terrible things that they did to them. My point is a lot of the things that we're experiencing now and the evolution from slavery to the colonization of Africans, which I just call slavery 2.0, right? They went from stealing, kidnapping Africans to colonizing the entire country under the guise of, ooh, we need to bring them civilization. We need to bring them commerciality and we need to get, bring them Christianity because it is in the name of the Lord that we spread the good word. And what we do is to colonize these people, steal from them, kill them, take mm. away their culture and do all these terrible things. You and I know they didn't do it in the name of God. 
but they use Christianity right. to do terrible things. So I would say that I don't see, I do not see a massive difference between being black in America and being black um, in Britain. Our, our experiences of racism, may, you know, overt, covert, quite frankly, exist in both places. As I said to you, Shola, when I was in Liverpool a year ago for a global racism conference, the thing that struck me the most is when I met a black woman who could have been a black woman in America who said my son was killed by some racists here. It, it, it was Trayvon Martin, just like in the States. And so right. what, what do you feel that, what, what kind of conversations do we need to be having? Because a lot of times we get isolated. Here's the black folks in America. Here's the black folks in Canada, the UK, the black folks in the continent. What do we need to do to have these kind of diasporic conversations in your opinion? I think the diaspora conversations are happening, but they're not mm. um, They're not happening in a joint way. Mm. So one hand doesn't know what the other hand is doing. And um, people are not connected. And, and here I'm talking about the black community. And when I say black, mm. I, I, I know that is a word imposed on us. <laughs> my, my mother hates me using the word black because she's like, I didn't spend all that money on your education to call people black and white. Do they look white to you? I mean, they're a different color. Do you look black? But anyway, mm. I digress. The point is, some of the problems we have with in the black diaspora when it comes to talking about global racism and racism within our different nations is not exert exerting the power and influence that we could exert if we worked together i.e. as a union now unfortunately for us unfortunately it's the racial gatekeeping, black and brown people that get into positions of power. Racial gatekeeping. Break that down you for better. folks when I know what you mean. Okay. Now, <laughs> racial gatekeepers, like, let me talk about black racial gatekeepers. Hmm. Black racial gatekeepers are those who uphold white supremacy. They come on board, whether it's in politics, in whatever industry, and all they're doing is using the influence that they have to drive the, 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 the very circumstances, policies, laws that throw people that look like them under the bus. Mm. Then we lies part of our problem. Because I would have thought that as, um, that as a people, right? Whether you're American, whether you're Afro-Caribbean, you're African, British, this, you, that we're able to use our skill set, our knowledge, our influence together to shape a better world. Because actually I think that we create a better world and it to be better for everybody, not just black people, right. but white people too. That's I mean, right. that was James Baldwin, Baldwin right there talking about how it erodes, I think white supremacy erodes the humanity of white people it who does. subscribe to white supremacy. That's right. right. So, but, but the problem, part of the problem, not the whole problem, part of the problem is, those who then get into positions of power or who have influence of some kind, look at those on the social media um, you know, um, circuit and the words they use and the way they end up using their influence against the very people that quite frankly, they should all, I mean, we should all be able to support each other. Now I can hear pe people, because people say this all the time, but Dr. Shola, we're not a monolith of thought. I know we're not a monolith of thought. Goodness, even my my husband doesn't agree with 50% of what I say. I've not divorced him yet. It's not about being a monolith <laughs> of thought. 
People go, but Dr. Shola, people are entitled to their own difference of opinion. I'm like, you're entitled to your difference of opinion as long as your difference of opinion does not, does mm. not in any way, shape, form, or manner deny me my humanity. Because when it does, we're not talking opinion that we're talking about you and I entering the same trouser. Again, let the Nigerian in me come through. Mm. The bottom line here is if I am doing things that will deny somebody else an equal value of life and liberty. And then I am using my influence. So let, let me give us an example. We have a home secretary here called Suela Braverman, AKA Cruella Braverman, okay? She's a home secretary who is so delighted about getting planes to take migrants and fly them to Rwanda to go dump them there because we can't have them here. She uses divisive language all of the time to authorize um, migrants that have, have, have no choice but to come to this country on small boats because the UK does not create safe and legal routes for them to come. I'm talking about people from Africa. Sounds Africa. familiar, Karen. Sounds very, this, yeah. is, this is America. Yeah. That's what I'm people saying. In Africa, people fleeing war afflicted zones, yeah. right? Yeah. This is what she's like. And so um, recently she's, she's, she's been making all kinds of comments. And I said, I said she's a dangerous woman. And people wanted to understand what I meant. I said, you need to understand what she's doing. She is using her race because she's Asian. She's British Asian. She's using her, her race to legitimize yeah. the racism that impacts people, black and brown people, of which she's one. Yep. That makes her dangerous. So we we have you our know. we have our Nikki Nikki uh, Nikki Haley. We got our yes, Ted Cruz's. Exactly. We got our Marco Rubio's. We got yeah. our, and our then, yes and then Bobby Jindal's. Exactly. And then to top it off, is she's Home Secretary. Home Secretary is the third highest office in the land. Mm. And I said, do you understand that I could not care less if a difference of opinion applied to her alone. That's okay. But when her difference of opinion turns into policy in a position as home secretary, hey, please, where's my rapper? It's time to tie it because something is happening. <laughs> That's unacceptable. This That's is the right. problem. This People problem. get into positions of power and they bring their differences or difference of opinion and turn it into policy that yeah. what does that do? It vilifies everybody else. That's Why right. is she doing that? Why do you need to do that? I understand that, you know, racial gatekeepers, they, 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 what they do is they love the benefits they get from their proximity to whiteness. Mm. They love all of that. And I'm like, look, I, I'm happy for you that you've got security, whatever security you have, but hey, you don't need to kill me to keep your security. You don't need to kill me to keep climbing up that ladder. But what you're doing is dehumanizing people like me. I, I'm sorry, I cannot support that. There's no way on God's earth. I, I cannot even begin to fathom people who want to defend the indefensible. It makes no sense to me. That's right. That's right. What what um, can you talk about uh, solutions for us? You know, in the yeah. middle, we don't have a lot of time left, but some basic things that you want black folks in America to understand we need to be thinking about, you know, or anywhere who's listening. Okay. What we need, we've been doing a lot of talking. Heck, mm -hmm. they were doing talking before. <laughs> The three of us were born. Can we just stop the talking and start doing? And mm. what I find really fascinating is when we read up on people like James Baldwin 
Malcolm X, of course, MLK, and many others. Look at African freedom fighters. Yeah. All of them. Look, if I if I showed you part of my room here, it's full of books, right? They have the blessed solutions because the racism is the same. What you have to understand is that white supremacy is used in the same playbook they used in slavery, they used in colonization, and they're using now. Mm. I do not understand how we are not at this point in time really engaging as efficiently and effectively as possible across the pond, across the dial, and even with different political differences and saying, this is the solution we want. We need a kind of, um, I'm not saying we need to, you know, create some political party. Um, no. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm saying that there has to be a sense where people but understand. You, you, you underline that when you said that we are, we're the global majority. We are one when we move together. But every time someone did that, whether it was Malcolm bringing a case to the, before the UN, he lost his life. Fred Hampton in Chicago, yeah. bringing yeah. all people together who are oppressed. He lost his life. Uh, Patrice yeah. Lumumba in Chroma. You know, every time someone talked this talk, they lost their yeah. lives, right? And so that has fomented fear among too many of us. And I think this is the beginning, Dr. Shola, uh, as we have to go. That's why I was rapping. But uh, please come back because I think this is part yes. of the solution. Hey, this is Karen Hunter. You can listen to The Karen Hunter Show live every Monday through Friday at 3 p.m. East on Sirius XM Urban View Channel 126 or anytime on the Sirius XM app.